Welcome to Almost Here, Around the Corner of Future Technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used. We're just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Future Tech Podcast. My guest is Sarah Hill. She's the CEO of a company called Helium. It's spelled H-E-A-L-I-U-M, like to heal someone. The website is tryhelium.com. So Sarah, how are you doing today? Richard, I'm doing great. It is awesome to be with you here on the Future Tech Podcast. Yeah, well, thank you. So tell, uh, tell me about Helium. What's the premise of the company? So Helium are portable uh, digital tilt pills that are controlled by your brain um, and, and your wearables. So the wearables that uh, capture your heart rate, uh, a brain-sensing headband that captures the electrical output of your brain can actually be used um, to control things inside these virtual and augmented reality environments. So Helium um, are, are you know, sold as, as kits or as libraries. Uh, some hospitals have instituted Helium bars for nurses for compassion fatigue. Any areas of confined stress, um, situational stress, workplace stress, uh, Helium can provide them four minutes of virtual peace, and uh, these experiences are, are, are data-driven um, uh, to see specifically the EEG, what they do to different parts of the brain. So that's a very long-winded explanation, but uh, basically Helium uh, are ways that uh, you can quickly uh, get some virtual peace. So, all right, so it sounds like uh, I'm looking at the site and all that. It's, it's libraries of virtual content. So I saw one that was a waterfall scene that you can navigate through with your, I guess, with your thoughts. Other ones were just out in nature. You know, you're sitting up on top of a mountain meditating, that kind of stuff. Is that right? Right. We, yeah, we have some video experiences, and um, we're, we're getting even more computer-generated experiences that are built, built inside the game engine. So your, uh, the, the, what the headband is measuring is the output of what's called gamma asymmetry. Gamma asymmetry is associated with feelings of activity. Uh, love, joy, appreciation, openness. And so um, uh, the headband captures the value of that and we attach it to a value inside uh, Unity or Unreal Game Engine or with AR Kit or an AR Core in an augmented reality environment. And we're actually able to control those environments um, with your so the more that, that gamma activity leans to the left on the forehead, um, the more you you float up uh, the side of a waterfall in, in virtual reality. The more, the deeper you float inside a fractal. Um, on healing, you have the ability to change the seasons just with, with your feelings. So it's kind of like a feeling mirror of sorts in that we as people who wear, wear wearables have never had the opportunity to see, you know, what, what our feelings look like or, um, you know, much less watch our, our brainwave patterns uh, in, in semi-real time uh, from, from EEG. So it, it takes that data that's been, you know, sequestered on your wearables and puts it out in front of you and reminds you that your uh, physiology, your heart rate, your uh, brainwave patterns have, have power 
to control things, not only in the virtual world, but then again in the real world as well. Helium is not meant to be any kind of replacement for any kind of psychotropic medication. It's not a diagnostic tool. It's a remote control uh, and a self-awareness tool that, you know, the power uh, of your thoughts and emotions um, to create some real change. So how, if, if I'm, I put on the headset and I'm using one of your modules and I'm, you know, I'm sitting there like, how do I control the module? Do I just think happy thoughts or do I think pissed off thoughts and somehow the module will change and sense what I'm thinking or how does it work? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, much when you think different things on an EEG, um, you see your brainwave patterns react in a certain way. And that question that you asked me of how do I control it is one that only you can answer. I can't tell you, um, you know, what you need to think to make that bar go up and down. Only you have the ability to discover what that is. So, and it takes some trial and error. It's kind of like riding a bike. And for instance, the first time I tried it, I thought, you know what, I'll, I'll think of my, um, you know, my, my kids. My kids will make it go up. Um, but it's not always what you think it is. And my kids did not make it go up because, you know, you're worried um, about, yeah, you know, sometimes your kids can 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 make your thoughts stressful. Um, my dog right. makes, it, makes it go go up. Um, you know, something that's not necessarily you know as, associated with a, a stressful situation. Obviously, my kids give me great joy, but you have to find out what it is um, that that makes it up and what it is that makes you know you and your heart go to that that feeling of of positivity. So, as an answer to your question. Only you can discover what that is, and it's different for every person. Um, you know, not everyone uh, thinking of their dog is is going to have a pleasant experience. Perhaps they've been, you know, bitten by a dog, and you know, perhaps that is not what makes it go up the waterfall. Uh, but again, just that self awareness of uh, of that feeling of, of of positivity, and it's the same thing with alpha activity. The more alpha activity you have in your brain, um, the more feelings of uh, relaxation that you have. So Dr. Tarrant, uh, Dr. Jeff Tarrant is a counseling psychologist and a neurofeedback specialist. He wrote the book on, on, on neuromeditation. And he talks a lot about in his book about how the different electrical air, the electrical activity of the brain, the more you have one in certain area, um, you know, are indicative of different feelings. And that's not from his research. That's from research that's, you know, gone on for quite some time about EEG. So we're just taking what we know through research from EEG and attaching it to values in an immersive media environment that allows the user to discover that their thoughts have power, uh, your, your heart rate has power. If you uh, lower your heart rate in an experience that will be released soon, you can make the sunshine brighter and illuminate um, uh, some other planets around you. It's just, again, taking that data from your wearable, putting it in your field of view and making you self-aware that you have the ability to control um, your biometrics. Well, that's the positive side of it. But, you know, how often do people use a simulation and they go, nothing's happening, and then they get frustrated, and then the simulation, does it account for negative feelings and frustration and increased heart rate? Do things get darker or more evil, or do they just sit there and not move unless it's positive uh, changes in your physiology? 
Yeah, it was specifically designed not to re uh, reward or not to go backwards um, or not to um, somehow penalize the individual um, if they're not making progress. And also inside the app, you have the ability to toggle it um, individually for what your individual uh, setting is. And everybody's different. Not everybody's, um, you know, uh, uh, brainwave patterns are set the exact same way. Um, something that's, you know, a higher threshold for you might be an easier threshold for somebody else. So um, you have the ability to, to toggle those settings higher or lower so you can find what that, that barometer is. And in fact, in our app, you don't even have to use the headband. You can just be automatically guided through the experience or you can toggle it all the way down so that it makes it impossible to fail until you, you know, uh, learn how to learn how to operate it. So it is definitely not meant uh, to reward for any kind of negative behavior um, or, you know, or to to be a frustrating experience. Yeah, but if your thoughts turn negative, what's wrong with it? Um, the scene around you turning a little bit negative or giving you a warning so that you can change them around and come back to something more positive. You know, maybe it gets yeah, darker yeah. and you realize, okay, that means I'm going in the wrong way. Let me take a breather right. and try to bring it back. You know? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I, I, I um, misspoke in, in telling you that in that the scenes don't get darker, but um, if you are not uh, above a certain threshold, uh, the background turns red and the experience stops and a voice gently comes in and, and tries to guide you um, or reminds you to recall a happy memory or to relax or whatever that uh, prompt or inter intervention, intervention is in order to go back up um, through, uh, you know, whether it be the waterfall or to make the seasons change. We have about a dozen different experiences in um, our app that, that you can use. So it's just like traditional neurofeedback. Um, uh, in the flat world, except we're taking it inside um, the virtual and augmented reality worlds and allowing you to see that, that you know, data displayed right, right in front of you. Does that answer your question? Yeah. Um, so the experience will start with some kind of experience. And then again, you're trying to get people to improve their markers, you know, lower their heart rates, uh, send out more relaxed or happy brain waves, that kind of thing. And then as they do that, they continue through the experience, so I guess that would be a positive feedback loop, a virtuous cycle where they'd feel better and better, right? Correct, yeah. Um, and Dr. Tarrant is probably is um, the one who can speak deeper dive into the science portion of it. I'm the technologist. Um, you know, we, we create the technology and the experiences, and Dr. Tarrant is the one who writes the protocols. Um, and we should have uh, invited him on here because he could go to a, into a really deep dive on um, the power of having that, that feedback loop and, um, you know, to know your, your barrier um, on what you need to do in order to um, be rewarded in that experience. Well, I mean, you don't need to be a technologist or a scientist to talk about your experience or, you know, what uh, feedback you've gotten from people that have used it. So what does that look like? You know, how did it feel to you when you did it? And what's some feedback you got that piqued your curiosity from users? Yeah, so um, we've done a couple published studies, actually, on how people are um, have actually have reacted to it. So Frontiers in Psychology and the Journal of Neuroregulation um, both published uh, uh, recent studies about helium after a four-minute experience. 
Um, and it looked at uh, self-report anxiety, people who have self, who self-reported anxiety and, and they ranked on an anxiety scale. And it showed uh, a reduction in that brain stress or the high beta activity specifically that they were looking at after a four minute experience. And also in the Journal of Neuroregulation, it looked at a group of firefighters um, and looked at um, their gamma asymmetry or their feelings of positivity both before and after a healing experience. Um, and in that testing that used hospital grade EEG, not just a headband, but actually, you know, a full cap with gel and everything to look at all areas of the brain. Um, one thing with the headbands that we're using in, and, um, we're hardware agnostic. We, we use a use meditation headband. Uh, we have an experience that's coming out with Apple Watch. Um, we use a, a variety of different hardware, but, um, you know, the headband isn't, isn't meant to be diagnostic in, in, in any way. Uh, or to, you know, diagnose you for any addition. It's just meant to be a remote control that you're, you're using your body as a remote control in order to power uh, power some of these experiences. And reaction has been um, uh, some emotional. Um, uh, so, for instance, uh, we do a lot of work with, with veterans and aging veterans in a program um, that we run called Honor Everywhere, which provides them some virtual tours. But we had the caretaker of um, one of the veterans who was using helium. She told us you'll have to assist him with putting the goggles um, on because he's not able to raise his arms. But, you know, halfway through that experience, he has his arms above his head, um, you know, trying to, to reach out for some of the people that he sees uh, in, in the experience. So that, you know, has been some of, some of the reactions. A lot of people tell us they use it for the first time. They didn't know what to think about to make them feel positive, but they really struggled with that. And that simple act, you know, was had value for them because it made them realize that perhaps they need to spend a little bit more time, um, you know, recalling some of those memories and storing them away, you know, as you might store away fuel, you know, or, or something positive to bring out then in a, in a rainy, rainy day. So um, that has been some of some of the reactions. People tell us uh, they feel more relaxed. Some people tell us in, in some of the, the fractal animation, they have almost like a feeling of altered state um, uh, of consciousness. It's, you know, a, a variety of, of different reactions. So what kind of experiences uh, seem to have better reactions than others? I'm sure you've honed them in over time. Yeah, and it's been through a series of, of trial and error. So one of the very first experiences we did was on top of a beautiful bluff. And you're, lo you're, you're looking out over this bluff, and there's, um, you know, a guided meditation that's coming in. And we thought, wow, this is, a, you know, to us, this looks like a really peaceful experience. But when we went and looked at it on um, uh, via EEG and, you know, studying it uh, with, with data, uh, we found that it didn't hit the mark, and what we realized was is that um, to some people, being on a bluff is inherently stress-producing. Um, if you're scared of heights, you know, am I going to fall over the edge? Um, because it seems like it's real, like you're, you know, on the edge of a bluff. And to some of us, it was like, wow, this is pretty. Look at this beautiful view. And to others, you know, it invoked a sense of, am I going to fall off this cliff? So there was a, a great learning right. experience for us as to know, you know, okay, we're, we're choosing some safe places 
um, that people can view them. So um, what kind of experiences have you seen uh, have had effects that you didn't anticipate? The bluff is one example. Any others? Um, oh, obviously, you know, generally in, in VR, any kind of movement um, is not good. Uh, you have the potential to make you sick, which you don't want to do. And early on, um, we had an experience where uh, someone was moving across the screen, but yet the frame was panning itself as well. And that's an unnatural, that's a movement that your body would not actually do in the real world. And um, they've studied this to show that, you know, if you, in, inside a, a VR headset, if your body is being moved in a way that is not necessarily natural, so, you know, our body moves up and down naturally, we're fine with that. But when you kind of go backwards or side to side, or in some ways, it can actually create poison or um, get out that poison. And so, um, you know, we operate from the realm of, you know, trying to make sure that uh, these are our experiences that the user feels safe. There's, you know, you don't see a whole lot of movement, uh, fast movement um, in our experiences or a natural movement. And that has been some kind of trial and error um, because as content, you know, creators, we have had some, uh, you know, moments that we've either had to re-edit um, or take off, you know, completely and retool because in our, you know, assessments, uh, someone has, has told us it made him feel uncomfortable. Well, what determines whether uh, you, you take off uh, an experience or not? One person not liking it or, you know, because something that some yeah. people don't like, some people may find fun, you know? Well, yeah, definitely. It only takes one person to reassess it and um, look at it again. So, you know, we don't need, uh, you know, multiple people telling us uh, that something's up. One is enough of, of a red flag. Uh, for us, for us to look at it, and um, you know, in, ensure that we're not causing harm, because certainly, you know, do no harm is, is uh, you know, that's a mantra of all of all content creators. Well, I'm not saying harm, but some experiences, again, some people would really enjoy, and some they wouldn't. But if you're, if all your experiences are completely sanitized, where only you know everyone likes them, uh, you'll miss out on the really strong emotional responses to stuff. You know, like. Someone may love to be in an experience where there's all these like laughing babies, you know, in a happy nursery, and someone may be stressed out about that. Or someone may want to watch, I don't know, a boxing match, for instance, and it gets them excited and happy, and someone else may be like, oh, I don't like this violence. So I would think it would constrain you on the, the variation of experiences you could have if um, everyone has to be happy with a given experience. Yeah, and I wouldn't say everyone has to be happy with a given experience. Semantically, um, you know, we have a very low tolerance for making people sick. <laughs> so it's not a matter of, of preference, do they like it or not? Um, you know, we take it very seriously if someone, you know, tells us that one of their experiences makes them feel uncomfortable physically, like I'm going to vomit. Um, you know, obviously you're going to have preferences between a variety of people for what they like and don't like. And as content creators, you know, you have to straddle that balance. So I'm not saying that, you know, we sanitize all of our experiences to make everybody happy. I'm saying that because people aren't just watching this media, they're feeling it. We have to be very careful um, um, about what we put on their bodies. Um, and, you know, with, with VR, you are 
essentially, you know, putting it right in front of them. You're placing them into an experience and um, allowing them to, to, to live it. So I hope that that clarifies. Um, certainly not saying, um, you know, everything you create have to, has to be, you know, make people happy. I'm talking specifically um, about a comfort level of, of, of emotion and motion sickness, because, you know, as you know, that's a real, a real concern in, in our industry. Well, what's your end goal? Is it to, to teach people how they can train their own brain to have, to make themselves feel better in the face of anxiety or adversity when they're not using the headset? Or is it um, just to give I, people a pleasant yeah. experience? Or like, what's your, because there's a lot of ways you could use this. I could see that, you know? And, uh, and as, as simply as that, allow people to become more self-aware of what some of their feelings look like um, and to see them for the very first time and to know that their thoughts, um, you know, have the potential to change their their physiology um, and their outlook on life, making people more aware of uh, perhaps a memory that has the ability to make someone feel better. So that then they have that memory to hide away when they don't have the goggles or they don't, in augmented reality, have a phone that they can, you know, put a 3D asset on their desk and, and manipulate. Uh, again, self-awareness, pieces of, of guided um, uh, imagery that they can squirrel away for um, a time that perhaps isn't so pleasant. Mm, okay. Well, I can tell you one simula simulation that won't help anybody. If you had the one where they watch the evening news, I can guarantee you that uh, that wouldn't make anyone feel better. So you could avoid that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, certainly, you know, a media diet is balanced, just like a, a, a physical diet is balanced. You have to make sure that you have nutritious things on your plate. And if all you're pouring uh, into yourself are things that, you know, you see in your social media feed that I guarantee I, those kind of things can make you sick. I sat by a police scanner as a, as a journalist. Uh, we covered a lot of trauma, reported about a lot of trauma, the aftermath of the, the tsunami, rapes, murders. And, you know, you listen to a police scanner for, excuse me, 20 years, um, that, that affects a person. And um, you really have to stop and take time to pour positive things, uh, you know, into yourself and fill your cup with things that, um, you know, aren't that, or it, it can have a direct impact on your, on your physiology. You know, you see that not only in journalists, um, and I was certainly in that category, but, um, you know, police officers, nurses for compassion fatigue, uh, individuals, they're going from trauma to trauma to trauma. And, um, you know, don't always have the opportunity to close their eyes or take a, a meditation class um, or, or anything like that. So, you know, these are just some self-awareness tools that says, hey, here's some virtual peace. Um, here's um, the ability to, 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 to see your feelings and to become, you know, self-aware uh, that, that they can control things in the virtual world, just like they can control things in the real world as well. Well, very good. So what's the best way for um, people to try this out? Because I'm sure there's a high curiosity factor here. I'd like to try it too. So, you know, what are some resources for people to uh, get in contact or uh, try Helium? And that's, uh, I guess, the website, tryhelium.com, right? Yeah, 
Yeah, um, H-E-A-L-I-U-M, trihelium.com, uh, and you'll see explanations. You'll see some studies on there. Uh, if you, you have a Muse meditation headband, you can um, test drive some of the experiences on our existing app. Uh, we have some augmented reality experiences that will be coming out um, for Apple Watch and also for Muse as well on iOS and, and eventually on Android as well. So um, certainly te- check out the demo app. We also have a pro app um, for uh, enterprise com- customers. So a lot of corporate corporate wellness programs um, are using Helium in their relaxation rooms and in their virtual rooms uh, to try to give their employees a, a bit of virtual peace. Um, also, if you have additional questions, you can just email hello at story-up.com. Um, and you know, uh, again, these aren't just experiences. There's there's actually stories that are that are woven into some of the different ones. Okay. Well, very good. Well, I appreciate you coming on the podcast, and uh, it's interesting and important work you're doing. So we'll have to all check it out. Richard, I appreciate the the time, and it's always fascinating to listen to um, some of the great creators are talking about on your podcast. So thank you very much for the opportunity. No problem. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.